How wisdom flows. We had the most amazing story in Migamara today. Very difficult. It's an anecdote that we have to understand. But from that anecdote, we get a transformational understanding of how wisdom flows and how wisdom doesn't flow. The story helps us understand how to expand your mind. You need to engage with things that are uncomfortable. If you only engage with ideas that are comfortable to you, your mind's not expanding. You're just, you're just getting confirmation of what you already know, what you already think. It's only when you're challenged, when your assumptions are being challenged, when your paradigms of thought are being challenged, and you engage with that challenge, whether you land up expanding your mind or not. The fact is your mind expands whether or not you accept this new idea that you've been exposed to. But the need to engage with ideas that are not necessarily comfortable to you is one of the requirements of expanding your mind altogether, of developing it as a person. And we get to understand that more clearly in, in the Gemara. The Gemara tells us of a story. Rav Chiste, who was the Godel Hador, gives a matmonim shir in the morning. And he notices somebody's missing. Who's missing? His son-in-law, Rami bar -Khama. So he sees Rami bar later in the day. He says, Rami bar lo havyes gaban ba'urta did you miss a shear this morning? I asked such a powerful question, and you weren't there. And so Rabbi Bachama says, okay, so I'll, I'll listen to it on, online. I'll, listen, I'll watch it on YouTube later on. Rav Chista says, my boy, you don't get it. You listen to it later on, you get information. That's not what happened in the base of Medrash. What happened in the base of Medrash, there was an explosion today an intellectual explosion of thinking and ideas that transformed people, that got people to think altogether differently. And you weren't there to participate. You can't just get the information. Wisdom is about process. It's about being part of the emergence of the ideas. It's not just getting the bottom line. You can't watch it on YouTube afterwards, Rami Bachama. Oh, this is Rami Bachama, really? Well, at least I've got a bit of an, an in with the Rosh Hashiva. You, my father-in-law said, you mind telling me what in fact was this amazing question that you asked? He says, what we asked was about if a man is looking for a place to stay and he's thinking of renting an Airbnb. But he, before he does that, he goes to his friend's house to see maybe his friend is there and he can stay with his friend. He comes to his friend's house. His friend is not there. The house is empty, but the door is open. So he goes inside and he sleeps in his friend's house. He saves the rental of the Airbnb. Does he have to pay the friend money or not? That's the question we talked about in the show, and you weren't there this morning, as we explored the ethics and the legalities of the situation. Amale says Rami Bar Chama to Rav Chista, the God al Hador, his father-in-law, the Rosh Hashiva. Rav Chista, masnisin he. It's an uh, that's a Mishnah. What do, you, what do you mean you had such an amazing event in the base of Medrash and I wasn't there? If I was there, I would have told you. It's a Mishnah. It's, it's obvious. You don't, you don't have to explore such a thing. So he says to him, Hey, Masnissin, says Rav Chista. Really? What Mishnah? Amalei says, Rami Bar to Rav Chista, Shamishli. If I just tell it to you, he says, that'll just be information and you won't be part of the process. And for this to be a bit of a process for you, father-in-law, you need to do something for me. Serve me, and then I'll teach it to you. So he took Rami Bahamas talis and he folded it up for him, put it away in the in the talis bag. So he says to him, then Rami Bahamas tells him the Mishnah, which is from our Gemara in Bovekama.
And the Gemara discusses so why did Rav Chista not think that that was a good comparison to learn it from the Mishnah? And there's a discussion about that. But that's the story. So there are two issues. There's a technical issue and there's a conceptual issue. The technical issue is, Rabbi Kivayegar asks it in the Gilor and Ashas, on the side of the Gemara, and that is, Avchist is a Kohen. You're not allowed to make use of a Kohen for your personal benefit. How could Rabbi Bachama, his father-in-law, he's the God Hador, and he's a Kohen, and you ask him to do something for you, to fold your talus, how can you do such a thing? The um, Hagos Ma'amonia says that this that you're not allowed to use a Kohen doesn't mean you're not allowed to use a Kohen. It's just that if you take him as a slave, you can't pierce his ear because that would be a mum. But you can. You can hire him. You can work with him. The smug goes further. The smug is, is a Baltosphus from Moshe Mikotzi from the 13th century, a Talmud of Rabbeinu Tam. So this is the, the smug answers it differently. And he says... It's only to as a slave. You can't use a Kohen for personal benefit, but you may hire him. So you can't say to the Kohen, fold my talus, or would you, would you mind washing my car? But if he's a car washer owner, you can take your car there, and the Kohen can wash your car, and you pay him for it. There's nothing wrong with paying him, says the smug. The Mishnah Melech says, so what about our Gomorrah here? He didn't pay Rav Chister. Rami Bacham asked him to do a job. He didn't pay him. Says the, Lechem, says the Mishnah Lemelech, yes, he did pay him. He paid him by explaining the Mishnah that Rav Chister had missed for Rav Chister. That's worth more than any money in the world. To get clarity on something that he was struggling with is, is worth anything. So he's, he's very happy to fold his son-in-law's talus because he's getting such a reward. He's getting such payment for it. So that's the the technical side of the issue. But the, the more interesting side of the, or the equally interesting side of the issue is just what was this all about? Is Rami Bar-Khamer playing games? To understand, Rav Chista's upset with Rami Bar-Khamer. he wasn't in the shir. And yes, it's not the same just to, to get it secondhand afterwards. He's got to try and find out. He's got to be part of the process. So Rami Bar-Khamer then gives him the answer. And Rav Chista, before Rami Bar-Khamer gives him the answer, he asks his father-in-law to do something. For him. What is it about? Why do so? So there's a beautiful Hakdoma to Shari Yosher. Shimon Shkop wrote an essay which he uses as the opening of his Sefer, the Shari Yosher, the Sefer which we've quoted from before and will do during Seder Nezikin, where Shimon Shkop explores uncertainty and how in Halacha we manage uncertainty with Rov and with Chazaka. He deals with Sveikov. And in the, the, this beautiful, magnificent essay, which is a work in its own right, it's, it's a Musa Sefer, it's a philosophy Sefer, everybody should, should learn it. And he, he deals with, with amazing issues, the definition of, of ego and how to expand the sense of I, who we are as an individual, and how you can expand that and what that means in terms of Kedoshim Tiyu, how, how there's such Kedusha as you expand your sense of I, your sense of identity, as you're able to expand it further and further, what that means and how you're able to how you're able to use it. And then he goes into a, a, a whole discussion on the difference between the first Luchot and the second Luchot and why Moshe Rabbeinu broke the first Luchot in, in favor of the second Luchot. And then he comes into the third section where he says about my Sefer, he says, I realize my Sefer, this Shari Yosha, not everybody's going to love it. Because there are lots of learners who don't know how to learn. That's basically what he's saying. He says it very politely. They, they have a different derech. They, they learn dafyomi, they learn pshat, they, they go, but they don't go into things really deeply. And my sefer is about going into things really deeply.
And there are many ways of learning, and that's fine. Not everybody has to learn it. It's, it's, it's fine. If it's not for you, leave it alone. Don't learn it. But I'm telling you up front that most of the issues I'm going to raise in my Sefer need deep thought and unbelievable toil. In the previous section, Rabbi Shimon explained that toil is one of the conditions for understanding Torah. It's one of the Memches Tvorim Torah Niknes one of the 48 characteristics that Torah has acquired. You can't understand, you can't grasp the Torah if you haven't really applied your mind. If you haven't broken out into a sweat while you're learning, you haven't got it yet. You're not there yet. And these matters of Torah can't be grasped by a brief glance, by, by looking at it. And most people, when they look at something and they can't understand it, they're not willing to say, it's because I don't have the knowledge base or I don't have the intelligence to understand it. What do you do? You look at something and understand it, ah, it's nonsense. You, this is not, this is not, you, you're That's what we tend to do instead of saying, well, I don't understand it. Clearly, I'm just not up to it. I'm just not there yet. And it's interesting today with all the Sifra Ezer, all these anthologies that are created to make learning easier. And that's why I say so often that such wonderful things are happening in the, in the world of Torah, in that everybody's learning and people are accessing Shas, and it's a wonderful, wonderful things. But learning, this kind of learning that he's talking about, you don't have. You look up at the art scroll and you see, and he brings this one, and he brings that one, and you glance and you see, and that's not learning. That's not what learning is, Rabbi Shimon says. You've, you've got to apply your mind and work on it and unravel it and reconstruct it and so on. And then he goes on to say, he brings our Gemara. And he says, what is this about? Why does Rami Barchama ask his father-in-law to fold his talis? Unbelievable concept in Torah. The success of learning something in depth and applying your mind to it depends on the esteem with which you hold the author or the teacher. That's going to determine the, the, the difference. As in Loyavin Barishona, if you believe that the author or the teacher is somebody of value who's, who's learned, who's a Talmud Chachem, who spent a lot of time figuring it out, if you believe all of that, if you don't get it, you'll say, I'm not up to it. I didn't get it. I have to work on it harder. I have to apply myself some more. I didn't get it. So you'll do a chazorah. You'll go over it again. You come out of a matmonim shir and you feel you didn't fully get it. You'll go home. You'll take the makuris. You'll go open up the makuris. You'll work on it again. You'll find your own chidushim, your own derech in it. You'll, you'll develop process as a result of it. But if you don't, then you'll just say, okay, so I didn't understand today's, well, tomorrow, tomorrow's. But as Yavin Bachronai, and if you really apply yourself, you'll eventually understand it. You'll eventually get it. But if he thinks the teacher's a cheder teacher, it's, uh, I can get it anywhere. There are lots of shirim on the daf. If I'm not on this year, I'll be at another year. It doesn't make a difference. It's, it's, it's all okay. We can have six shirim going simultaneously. I can try each one. This one, I understand that. You just go where it's easiest to go. You don't choose a derech and apply yourself to acquiring the derech and to understanding it fully. 
אז אם לא יקבל הדברים במשקל הראשון, יניחם ויבטלם בליבו ודאי עושה נא, if you don't get it, you say, so I didn't get it, I didn't get the shit today, so what? No big deal. But if you really believe you're learning a piece of Reb Shimon and you know who Reb Shimon Shkop is and you don't understand what Reb Shimon is saying, you won't go to sleep tonight until you know what Reb Shimon is saying. That's a different approach if you really believe in the value and the authority of the mechaber, of the author, of the teacher that you're learning from. And so Rami Bar Chama knew at Omek HaEnyan Shratza Lelamdo, this comparison of the case of the Airbnb to the case of the behemoth of an animal eating somebody else's meal in the middle of, the, of Rishus Arabim is such a fine idea that he wanted to make Lo Ratza Lelamdo Ad Shit Amet Lo Shirav Chiste Mishtokek Lehitzla Meid. He didn't want to teach this to Rav Chiste, his father-in-law, until he believed that his father-in-law was craving And look at that next word, lehitlamed. Now that word, that word is hitzpayol. It doesn't say lilmod. It doesn't say to learn. Lehitlamed. Reb Shimon is almost creating a word. I don't know if it exists in, in the Hebrew. Lehitlamed. Where, where do you see such a word? What does it mean? Sometimes I'm, one of the things I'm upset about with the way we learn nowadays is that you don't have a sense of the community of Lomdim who are learning with you. You, you know each other, and that's very nice, but, but there are hundreds of pe- other people who, I'm talking about people who learn every day and apply their minds to it, and the people who are learning online also don't, don't know the community, and we'll try and do something about that sometime. But the, one of the amazing people, I told you about one Talmud Chochem in the United States who told me that on the days he doesn't l- listen to the matmonim, he discovered it's on the days he doesn't want to be moved out of his comfort zone. That's the same idea we're talking about here. It, it, he doesn't want to be challenged. He doesn't want to have to think that much. He's noticed that's, that's the, those are the days he doesn't do it. A big, a big Talmud Chochem in New York. There's another amazing Talmud Chochem in New York who listens to every matmonim and goes over the Makuris and sometimes makes wonderful remarks here I wrote on, on the Facebook page, or he sends me comments, unbelievable, he's a wonderful, wonderful human being. And um, he wrote a translation of this Hakdom, of this introduction of Rishim Shkop, and he called it Widen Your Tent, is the name of the book of, of his translation. And I put the footnote at the bottom, which I very seldom do. He comments on this word, Lehit Lamed. Lehit Lamed means to transform yourself through the learning process. Lil Mod is to learn an art scroll. Lil Mod is to sit passively in a shir and listen to the shir. Lehit Lamed is to transform yourself through the learning process. And Rabbi Mbachama wanted to be sure that Rav Chiste was willing to transform himself through this moment of learning from Rabbi Mbachama. And the way to do that is to say, so I want to put you in a situation where just for one moment you serve me. If you're willing in front of everybody to fold my talus, that means you value me as a source of Torah. That means you value me as a Talmud Chochem and you will apply your mind to what I'm going to say. You won't just dismiss it as some vort from your son-in-law. You'll realize that this is important. So if you want to hear, that's fine. Do something. explains Reb Shemeshkop. That's, that's what this is all about. It describes the flow of, of wisdom. Wisdom flows. It's energetic. It's not information. You can't just pick it up by reading. It flows. It's an energy that one person passes on to another. That's why it's called Besoiro. That's why Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai Umesarua Le Yoshua. It doesn't say Valim Dole Yoshua. 
doesn't say he taught Yoshua. Misarua, he handed, he passed the energy, he transferred the energy. The transference of wisdom, especially Torah, is the transference of energy from Rebbe to Talmud through the generations over and over again. That's what this is about. And a Talmud, when the Talmud is willing to be mitlamed, if a Talmud comes to a shir, that's fine, it comes to a shir. But if a Talmud wants to be mitlamed, a Talmud wants to transform his way of seeing the world through the Torah he's learning, that's a different level of Talmud. And therefore he says, you know, I, I just ask of you when you learn the Sefer, just apply yourself to it. And he goes on with some other beautiful ideas which I've included here so that people can learn these sections of the, of the Hakdama. And that's suggested in a way also by the Vilna Gaon in his opening f- phrases of, of Sefer Mishle, where the book of Mishle starts off with the words, Shlomo ben David, this is, these are Eilam Mishle, Mishle, it's Shlomo ben David, Melech Yisrael. Ask the Vilna Gaon, we know that who the author is, it says on the back of the book who the author is. Do you have to start your book and say, I am so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, and, and give me your job title as well, Melech Yisrael? Says the Vilna Gaon, Ki alomed besefet sarich leda mihua mechabro. If you're learning, if you're learning from a sefer, or you're listening to a shir, you need to know who the, who the Magid Shir is. You need to know who the Mechaber is. Because if the Mechaber, if the author is great in, in wisdom, in Yerushalayim, and in Torah, you can be sure that in his Sefer there will be incredible Chochmah. And if you read his Sefer and you're not discovering the Chochmah, work on it a little harder because you know it's there. If it's dumb, you're, you're reading. That's why we've, we've got limited time. So, so read things that you know are worthwhile reading. The same you go online and you're reading an article, you're picking up a newspaper, you're reading an article. Choose who you read. Are you willing to invest the time? Is it worth your while? Are you going to expand your mind or are you just picking up information? If you're going to expand your mind, you're going to have to invest energy. If you're going to invest energy, you want to know that at the end of it, there's wisdom. You don't want to invest energy and come to the end of it and say, ah, there's nothing. So how do you know there's wisdom, says the Vilna Gaon? Check who the Mechaber is. If the Mechaber is somebody who's gadol bechokhmah, v'chein b'yirah, v'chein b'torah, you can assume there's wisdom there and you can apply your mind. As Rabbi Shimon explains, you can apply your full energy into understanding it because you're going to discover wisdom. If you do so, then it's going to be worth your while. And that's the Pshat in the Gemara and Tainist of Zion, where the Gemara says, Why is Torah compared to water? Because if water if is flat, is on a level, it doesn't move, there's no energy. It's stagnant. And you know what happens to stagnant water. It's not very good. If you want water to flow, there has to be a slant. If water can only flow from a higher point to a lower point. Water can't flow if it's flat and stagnant. In the same way, the mitla made, who he was willing to transform himself through the learning of Torah, has to put himself beneath the source of the Torah from which he's learning. The Sefer is learning from, the Shir is listening to, the, whatever it is that he's learning, he has to put himself below and assume that the Torah that he's learning has such wisdom in it that it's worth the effort. Otherwise, there's no flow. Yes, you can pick up the information, 
the wisdom of Torah flows like water. There has to be a high and a low. And it's not a permanent thing. Rami Barachama normally sits in Rav Chista's shoe. Normally Rami Barachama is low and Rav Chista is high. This, for this moment, the seesaw switches. And he says, if you want the energy of the idea I'm going to share, it needs you to put yourself beneath me. And that might be hard for you, Rav Chista. No, this is Rav Chista. I'm happy to do it. What do you want me to do? He says, follow my talus. He folds his talus. It's fine. That's the humility of Rav Chista. In order to gain insight, he's willing to put himself at a lower level so that the energy flows from above to below, because that's how Torah works. We need to know who our teachers are. We need to know who our Rosh Yeshivas are. We need to know how our Gedoli Yisrael are. We need to know who our Acharonim are. We need to know who our Rishonim are. You can't just, you see, sometimes, sometimes the academics dismiss people and talk to them, whether they're talking about a great Godel or they're talking about some guy who's writing an article, they talk about him in the same way. They don't understand this, this idea that Torah is a source of energy that has to flow from something you elevate to something you subjugate. Elevate the source and subjugate yourself and Torah flows. But the, the source has to be worth elevating. How do you know that? It says the Vilna Gorn. Check who the author is, check who the Mechaber is, check who the Magachir is. Mm-hmm.